The Second Century of Centuries of Meditations, Part 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Centuries of Meditations by Thomas Traherne. The Second Century, Part 3. 51. Love is a far more glorious being than flesh and bones. If thou wilt, it is endless, and infinitely more sweet than thy body can be to thee and others. Thy body is confined, and is a dull lump of heavy clay, by which thou art retarded, rather than dost move. It was given thee to be a lantern only to the candle of love that shineth in thy soul. By it thou dost see, and feel, and eat, and drink. But the end of all is that thou mightest be as God is, a joy and blessing by being love. Thy love is unlimited. Thy love can extend to all objects. Thy love can see God and accompany his love throughout all eternity. Thy love is infinitely profitable to thyself and others. To thyself, for thereby mayest thou receive infinite good things. To others, for thereby thou art prone to do infinite good to all. Thy body can receive but few pleasures. Thy love can feed upon all. Take into itself all worlds, and all eternities above all worlds, and all the joys of God before and after. Thy flesh and bones can do but little good, nor that little, unless, as by love, it is inspired and directed. A poor carcass thy body is, but love is delightful and profitable to thousands. O live therefore by the more noble part. Be like him who baptizeth with fire. Feel thy spirit, awaken thy soul. Be an enlarged seraphim and infinite good, or like unto him. 52. The true way we may go unto his throne, and can never exceed, nor be too high. All hyperboles are but little pygmies and diminutive expressions, in comparison of the truth. All that Adam could propose to himself or hope for was laid up in store for him, in a better way than he could ask or think. But in seeking for it a false way he lost all, what he had in hope and what he had in fruition. To be as God we are prompted to desire by the instinct of nature, and that we shall be by loving all that he doth. But by loving him what, oh what, shall we be? By loving him according to the greatness of his love unto us, according to his amiableness as we ought, and according to the obligations that lie upon us, we shall be no man can devise what. We shall love him infinitely more than ourselves, and therefore live infinitely more in him than in ourselves, and be infinitely more delighted with his eternal blessedness than our own. We shall infinitely more delight than ourselves. All worlds, all angels, all men, all kingdoms, all creatures will be more ours in him than in ourselves, so will his essence and eternal Godhead. O love, what hast thou done? 53. And he will so love us, when all this beauty of love is within us, that though we by our love to him seem more blessed in his blessedness than he, he is infinitely more blessed than we, even in our blessedness we being so united to each other by living in each other that nothing can divide us for evermore. 54. Love is infinitely delightful to its object, and the more violent, the more glorious. It is infinitely high, nothing can hurt it, and infinitely great in all extremes of beauty and excellency. Excess is its true moderation, activity its rest, and burning fervency its only refreshment. Nothing is more glorious, yet nothing more humble nothing more precious, yet nothing more cheap, nothing more familiar, yet nothing so inaccessible, nothing more nice, yet nothing more laborious, nothing more liberal, yet nothing more covetous, 
it doth all things for its object's sake yet it is the most self-ended thing in the whole world for of all things in nature it can least endure to be displeased since therefore it containeth so many miracles it may well contain this one more that it maketh every one greatest and among lovers every one is supreme and sovereign fifty five god by love wholly ministereth to others and yet wholly ministereth to himself love having this wonder in it also that among innumerable millions it maketh every one the sole and single end of all things it attaineth all unattainables and achieveth impossibles that is seeming impossibles to our inexperience and real impossibles to any other means or endeavours for indeed it maketh every one more than the end of all things and infinitely more than the sole supreme and sovereign of all for it maketh him so first in himself and then in all for while all things in heaven and earth fall out after my desire i am the end and sovereign of all which conspiring always to crown my friends with glory and happiness and pleasing all in the same manner whom i love as myself i am in every one of them the end of all things again being as much concerned in their happiness as my own fifty six by loving a soul does propagate and beget itself because before it loved it lived only in itself after it loved and while it loveth it liveth in its object nay it did not so much as live in itself before it loved for as the sun would be unseen and buried in itself did it not scatter and spread abroad its beams by which alone it becometh glorious so the soul without extending and living in its object is dead within itself an idle chaos of blind and confused powers for which when it loveth it gaineth three subsistences in itself by the act of loving a glorious spirit that abideth within a glorious spirit that floweth in the stream a glorious spirit that resideth in the object insomuch that now it can enjoy a sweet communion with itself in contemplating what it is in itself and to its object fifty seven love is so vastly delightful in the lover because it is the communication of his goodness for the natural end of goodness is to be enjoyed it desireth to be another's happiness which goodness of god is so deeply implanted in our natures that we never enjoy ourselves but when we are the joy of others of all our desires the strongest is to be good to others we delight in receiving more in giving we love to be rich but then it is that we thereby might be more greatly delightful thus we see the seeds of eternity sparkling in our natures fifty eight love is so vastly delightful to him that is beloved because it is the fountain of all affections services and endeavours a spring of honour and liberality and a secure pledge of future benefits it is the sole title by which we reign in another's bosom and the only throne by which we are exalted the body and soul of him that loves is his that is beloved what then can love deny all greatness power and dominion befalleth him that is beloved in the soul that loveth him so that while all the glorious creatures in all worlds love you you reign in all souls are the image of god and exalted like god in every bosom fifty nine though no riches follow yet we are all naturally delighted with love both for what we receive and for what we give when we are beloved we receive the quintessence and glory of another soul the end of heaven and earth the cream and flower of all perfections the tribute of god almighty peace and welfare pleasure and honour help and safety all in readiness and something infinitely more and which we are not able to express when we are beloved we attain the end of riches in an immediate manner and having the end need not regard the means for the end of riches is that we may be beloved we receive power to see ourselves amiable in another soul 
and to delight and please another person for it is impossible to delight a lukewarm person or an alienated affection with giving crowns and sceptres so as we may a person that violently loves us with our very presence and affections sixty by this we may discern what strange power god hath given to us by loving us infinitely he giveth us a power more to please him than if we were able to create worlds and present them unto him sixty one how happy we are that we may live in all as well as one and how all-sufficient love is we may see by this the more we live in all the more we live in one for while he seeth us to live in all we are a more great and glorious object unto him the more we are beloved of all the more we are admired by him the more we are the joy of all the more blessed we are to him the more blessed we are to him the greater is our blessedness we are all naturally ambitious of being magnified in others and of seeming great in others which inclination was implanted in us that our happiness might be enlarged by the multitude of spectators sixty two love is the true means by which the world is enjoyed our love to others and others love to us we ought therefore above all things to get acquainted with the nature of love for love is the root and foundation of nature love is the soul of life and crown of rewards if we cannot be satisfied in the nature of love we can never be satisfied at all the very end for which god made the world was that he might manifest his love unless therefore we can be satisfied with his love so manifested we can never be satisfied there are many glorious excellencies in the material world but without love they are all abortive we might spend ages in contemplating the nature of the sun and entertain ourselves many years with the beauty of the stars and services of the sea but the soul of man is above all these it comprehendeth all ages in a moment and unless it perceives something more excellent is very desolate all worlds being but a silent wilderness without some living thing more sweet and blessed after which it aspireth love in the fountain and love in the end is the glory of the world and the soul of joy which it infinitely preferreth above all worlds and delighteth in and loveth to contemplate more than all visible beings that are possible so that you must be sure to see causes wherefore infinitely to be delighted with the love of god if ever you would be happy sixty three see causes also wherefore to be delighted in your love to men and in the love of men to you for the world serves you to this end that you might love them and be beloved of them and unless you are pleased with the end for which the world serves you you can never be pleased with the means leading to that end above all things therefore contemplate the glory of loving men and of being beloved of them for this end our saviour died and for this end he came into the world that you might be restored from hatred which is the greatest misery from the hatred of god and men which was due for sin and from the misery of hating god and men for to hate and be hated is the greatest misery the necessity of hating god and men being the greatest bondage that hell can impose sixty four when you love men the world quickly becometh yours and yourself become a greater treasure than the world is for all their persons are your treasures and all the things in heaven and earth that serve them are yours for those are the riches of love which minister to its object sixty five you are as prone to love as the sun is to shine it being the most delightful and natural employment of the soul of man without which you are dark and miserable consider therefore the extent of love its vigour and excellency for certainly he that delights not in love makes vain the universe and is of necessity to himself the greatest burden the whole world ministers to you as a theatre of your love it sustains you and all objects that you may continue to love them without which it were better for you to have no being life without objects is sensible emptiness 
and that is a greater misery than death or nothing objects without love are a delusion of life the objects of love are its greatest treasures and without love it is impossible they should be treasures for the objects which we love are the pleasing objects and delightful things and whatsoever is not pleasing and delightful to you can be no treasure nay it is distasteful and worse than nothing since we had rather it should have no being sixty six that violence wherewith sometimes a man doteth upon one creature is but a little spark of that love even towards all which lurketh in his nature we are made to love both to satisfy the necessity of our active nature and to answer the beauties in every creature by love our souls are married and soldered to the creatures and it is our duty like god to be united to them all we must love them infinitely but in god and for god and god in them namely all his excellencies manifested in them when we dote upon the perfections and beauties of some one creature we do not love that too much but other things too little never was anything in this world loved too much but many things have been loved in a false way and all in too short a measure sixty seven suppose a river or a drop of water an apple or a sand an ear of corn or an herb god knoweth infinite excellences in it more than we he seeth how it relateth to angels and men how it proceedeth from the most perfect lover to the most perfectly beloved how it representeth all his attributes how it conduceth in its place by the best of means to the best of ends and for this cause it cannot be beloved too much god the author and god the end is to be beloved in it angels and men are to be beloved in it and it is highly to be esteemed for all their sakes oh what a treasure is every sand when truly understood who can love anything that god made too much what a world would this be were everything beloved as it ought to be sixty eight suppose a curious and fair woman some have seen the beauties of heaven in such a person it is a vain thing to say they love too much i dare say there are ten thousand beauties in that creature which they have not seen they loved it not too much but upon false causes nor so much upon false ones as only upon some little ones they love a creature for sparkling eyes and curled hair lily breasts and ruddy cheeks which they should love moreover for being god's image queen of the universe beloved by angels redeemed by jesus christ an heiress of heaven and temple of the holy ghost a mine and fountain of all virtues a treasury of graces and a child of god but these excellencies are unknown they love her perhaps but do not love god more nor men as much nor heaven and earth at all and so being defective to other things perish by a seeming excess to that we should be all life and metal and vigour and love to everything and that would poise us i dare confidently say that every person in the whole world ought to be beloved as much as this and she if there be any cause of difference more than she is but god being beloved infinitely more will be infinitely more our joy and our heart will be more with him so that no man can be in danger by loving others too much that loveth god as he ought sixty nine the sun and stars please me in ministering to you they please me in ministering to a thousand others as well as you and you please me because you can live and love in the image of god not in a blind and brutish manner as beasts do by a mere appetite and rude propensity but with a regulated well-ordered love upon clear causes and with a rational affection guided to divine and celestial ends which is to love with a divine and holy love glorious and blessed we are all prone to love but the art lies in managing our love to make it truly amiable and proportionable to love for god's sake and to this end that we may be well pleasing unto him to love with a design to imitate him and to satisfy the principles of intelligent nature and to become honourable 
is to love in a blessed and holy manner. 17. In one soul we may be entertained and taken up with innumerable beauties, but in the soul of man there are innumerable infinities. One soul in the immensity of its intelligence is greater and more excellent than the whole world. The ocean is but the drop of a bucket to it, the heavens but a centre, the sun obscurity, and all ages but as one day. It being by its understanding a temple of eternity, and God's omnipresence between which and the whole world, there is no proportion. Its love is a dominion greater than that which Adam had in paradise, and yet the fruition of it is but solitary. We need spectators and other diversities of friends and lovers, in whose souls we might likewise dwell, and with whose beauties we might be crowned and entertained, in all whom we can dwell exactly and be present with them fully. Lest therefore the other depths and faculties of our soul should be desolate and idle, they also are created to entertain us. And as in many mirrors we are so many other selves, so are we spiritually multiplied when we meet ourselves more sweetly, and live again in other persons. 71. Creatures are multiplied, that our treasures may be multiplied, and their places enlarged, that the territories of our joys might be enlarged, with all which our souls may be present in immediate manner. For since the sun, which is a poor little dead thing, can at once shine upon many kingdoms, and be wholly present not only in many cities and realms upon earth, but in all the stars in the firmament of heaven. Surely the soul, which is a far more perfect sun, nearer unto God in excellency and nature, can do far more. But that which of all wonders is the most deep and incredible is, that a soul, whereas one would think it could measure but one soul, which is as large as it, can exceed that and measure all souls wholly and fully. This is an infinite wonder indeed. For admit that the powers of one soul were fathomless and infinite, are not the powers so also of another? One would think, therefore, that one soul should be lost in another, and that two souls should be exactly adequate. Yet indeed my soul can examine and search all the chambers and endless operations of another, being prepared to see innumerable millions. 72. Here is a glorious creature. But that which maketh the wonder infinitely infinite is this, that one soul, which is the object of mine, can see all souls and all the secret chambers and endless perfections in every soul, yea, and all souls with all the objects in every soul. Yet mine can accompany all these in one soul, and without deficiency exceed that soul, and accompany all these in every other soul, which shows the work of God to be deep and infinite. 73. Here upon earth, perhaps, where our estate is imperfect, this is impossible. But in heaven, where the soul is all act, it is necessary, for the soul is there all that it can be. Here it is to rejoice in what it may be, till therefore the mists of error and clouds of ignorance that confine the sun be removed, it must be present in all kingdoms and ages virtually, as the sun is by night, if not by clear sight and love, at least by its desire, which are its influences and its beams, working in a latent and obscure manner on earth, above in a strong and clear. 74. The world serveth you, therefore, in maintaining all people in all kingdoms, which are the Father's treasures, and your as yet invisible joys, that these multitudes at last may come to heaven, and make those innumerable thousands whose hosts and employments will be your joy, whose order, beauty, melody, and glory will be your eternal delights, and of whom you have many a sweet description in the revelation. These are they of whom it is said, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindred and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and palms in their hands, and they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and to the Lamb. 
of which it is said they fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odours which are the prayers of the saints and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to god by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our god kings and priests of whom it is said i saw a sea of glass and they that had gotten the victory over the beast standing on it and they sing the song of moses the servant of god and the song of the lamb saying great and marvellous are thy works lord god almighty just and true are thy ways thou king of saints who shall not fear thee o lord and glorify thy name for thou only art holy for all nations shall come and worship before thee because thy judgments are made manifest seventy five that all the powers of your soul shall be turned into act in the kingdom of heaven is manifest by what st john writeth in the isle patmos and i beheld and i heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard i saying blessing and honour and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb for ever and ever end of the second century part three